0: Hey, Rick, would you like to coach more efficiently, be more athlete-centered, led by data, and get some awesome results? Oh, yes. All right, well, then Coach Tools is the coaching platform for you. Coach Tools is a coaching platform with all the necessary coaching tools in one place, from planning sessions to caring about your people. It is an easy-to-use platform for coaches, head of coaches, managers, and directors with an athlete-centered approach. With efficient digital tools, you will save your time improve the quality of your work and enable you a way to succeed. Rick, why don't you go ahead and tell all the listeners all the benefits they'll get by signing up with Coach Tools.
1: Well, first of all, you will be much more efficient with your practice planning because you can plan it within within a couple of clicks. Then um, you can be proactive for your athlete overload with exertion follow-up. What is also very, very beneficial and that is actually my favorite part about Coach Tools that you can build closer relationships and better trust with them and get and give feedback through an athlete-centered coaching approach. That's the hallmark of coach tools. Um, you understand much more better their moods, their expectations, their values and goals. Because after every game, after every practice, they fill out the very, very simple question and communication is so, so easy. And you can set up cheats and you can set up all the goals and you can follow it up, you can follow it up very, very quick, easily. And then, um, this is also very valuable benefit, is. You enhance the learning of your athletes. You can illustrate drills, content, uh, tactics with the drawing board, and you can store it at all one place and you can access this all the time. You can share it with your club. You can share it with someone else, with other coaches. And then um, all the information are always available for athletes and the coaches. Just one click and it's very easy. Um, It's very easy designed. On top of this, there are many, many more valuable tools which you can explore when using Coach Tools.
0: Yeah. So as Vic said, there's so much more that you can do with Coach Tools and and all of our listeners can get a 20% discount on their first year subscription. All you guys need to go is to go to www.coachtools.net. That's www.coachtools.net and click Start Free Trial, and just mention that we we brought you there from the Coaches Road podcast. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Coach's Road podcast presented by Coach Tools. Today, we are joined by Branislav Bendik, the head of coaching in Banska Bitchka in Slovakia, uh, my former classmate in DP-18. And a former guest of the show back in episode seven, uh, the skill ta- skill development roundtable. It's a great conversation. We hope you guys all enjoy. All right. Well, we'd like to welcome on for the second time to the the Coaches Road podcast, Branislav Bendek, my my classmate, and uh, Virmaki, and um, Branny. Second time on the show. The last time you were a student. Now you're um, kind of a full time. Um, full-time hockey guy and uh, doing a lot in, in Slovakia and things like that. So we're excited to catch up with you and see what you're doing. But first of all, how's everything with you and, and how's it going?
2: Yeah, hi guys, and thank you for your invitation. i really happy to join, join conversations with you and as, as last time and as, as usually I, I listen to you, so I'm happy to be part of part of this project. And, and yeah, everything goes well, uh, we are entering the dark months here. Mm. in Slovakia by the weather and but uh, out out of that everything goes well and and we're all coaches are I'm, I'm keeping all, all coaches busy so and, <laughs> and also happy hopefully so everything yeah. everything goes well
0: yeah yeah good well like I said last time you were a student and and now um, you're you're know full-time in the workforce so can you just you know quickly just walk us through what you're doing now um, mm. and kind of the responsibilities you have and, and just the things that you take care of with your club
2: yeah uh yeah my position is uh, we can, can we call it head of coaching but i yeah. don't know if it, if, it, if that's like really describing my my work but uh for sure uh, w- uh, the biggest goal is to to, to to create a coaching culture inside the organization and also, uh, especially to create a long-term development plan for whole organizations. So, so from under, under eight to under 20, so it's quite, quite a huge area, but, uh, I got coaches who are helping me with the, with the running the, the processes and especially with them, I'm, I'm going through, going through the processes and, and, uh, setting all the settings what we what we want to achieve off ice on ice also the human human part that i could say that that's maybe the the, my, the part which which we maybe struggle to struggle the most or not struggle but that that's you know everybody wants to talk about hockey and this is sometimes part which which is so important and we kind of over overlooking that so so yeah but uh after i'm already one year in the position and uh so far my my first goal was that uh, mm, the culture here before was that that coaches were uh uh i would say they they are really motivated about coaching they 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 are trying to do they their best and what the main point what was missing was uh to even like having the the annual plans like hmm. they 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 we have had the idea here before that what we want to achieve that we want to have the open environment and we want to Go through the more non-linear way of, of uh, practicing, uh, but that was kind of only key point, which which we could see, and 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 that was already for Slovakian hockey quite a quite a big step. So and now uh, we really jump into uh, to to creating the the annual plans for for every level, every category, and and uh, kind of putting the puzzles together that we know. That what, what we need to achieve in each level that it, it, it synchronized with, with the older and older ages age groups so that was the main goal last season when I when I jumped into the work I was first a little bit like that where we will start but I could see that this was this was uh, the most important uh, even from my perspective but when I talking with the coaches that they they really reflected that 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 we need to just have be more planned and that was something what i yeah. what i would experience in finland also that that, that was a really big part of it so yeah, so yeah that, that that that's my i would say that's my uh one of the one of the number one competencies but then i'm uh, i'm uh, also kind of leading the skill development in the organization so i'm on the ice a lot daily like mm. two three four hours five hours it depends because we have many kids and and we need we need hands we need coaches so i'm, I'm helping there as well and and that's also that's also something what is what, what interests me always from the beginning of my coaching career so so i'm going through the processes with the coaches. also about the skill development that's what we are going to do
0: overall of ice and on ice yeah, yeah. I i know so- there's a lot of ways I want to jump there because there's there's fun stuff that we've had conversations on in the past and, and everything. But now I'm mm-hmm. I'm interested. Like you you jumping into that position a year ago, coming fresh out of school, and and seeing there's you know the there's motivated coaches there, and that's a, a good start to have, of course. Um, but what was your kind of approach when you started in the position? Um, was it kind of I'm here now, I'm going to try to change everything, you know, right away. Or is it, well, it kind of more of a one step at a time. And, and can you just talk us through those first couple of months? How did you build that trust with the coaches and, and get them to maybe start seeing what you were trying to bring to them?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, first I, w- I would, uh, I think it's important to say that uh, before, before I went to Finland to study, I was already working in the club uh, mm. mainly as a skill coach, skating mm. skill coach. Uh, and I was working with every level, uh, almost four years. So from under eight to under 20, and I could experience all the age differences. I could experience how the guys, how the, how the kids, how the, how the older guys are, older players, older athletes are, are, uh, responding to other skills. Or other types of development. So that was that was huge help. That that gave me a, a big picture as a coach. That that what where is possible to do, and what we could focus. And then uh, then I went to study to Vierumaki, and and I already tried to focus all the studies to position as a head of coaching to to create the big picture of the organization. That that where how we could get. And uh, so the huge advantage was when I came back that I knew already coaches here, I knew that with who is possible to work which way. And, and uh, so so that, that that was that was a really, really cool step from the organization that we already were thinking in this way, that that you could go there you could study and then come back and you already that you are not new to everybody because that might be sometimes that I know from the other places in Slovakia that might be that ah, okay well, now we're gonna change everything because we did bad here but it's not about that at all like it's, it's more about that that how we can just do things differently and and of course some coaches are open we're open some coaches try to they they act they are open more but they they don't and go slow more like it goes slower but but uh i would say that i'm i'm really really happy and lucky with the coaching stuff what what are we having here with the with the mindset with the uh I i would say like the motivation intrinsic motivation and uh and stuff so so uh, that was that 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 was that was really really cool beginning for for me uh, to work inside of that environment. And first we first think what we have started when I came already when I was uh, finishing the second year in studies. We we went through the mindset book. Uh, every coach, every coach, and we did it exactly like in the school that we went through those uh, chapters and and uh, opened those two two questions and, and uh, that, that I think that already on that time it set kind of tone that, that how we want to think here between the coaches between the players
1: do so you think that uh, that it had any kind of impact uh, when you mentioned the book right now
2: yeah for sure uh, I mean of course uh now time to time we need to get back into it i was i was actually I mean, a couple of weeks ago i was just thinking about it now and then it's it's good to open it but but i can see that already coaches are reacting that that uh even on the players that uh with this guy like we need to change his mindset like it doesn't mm-hmm. go and already that's a good point when you see that that coaches see that and they so try to progress. think about that there is pro there is progress yeah. for sure and I'm already thinking about next book. What we're gonna go through, and actually, it might be that we're gonna uh, uh, bring it to the coaches. But uh, actually, uh, what you were uh, in our last podcast—I don't know if it was last or before—but uh, like you had the fearless, yeah, exact, yeah. Yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That might be that. That's gonna be probably the the next book. And uh, yeah. I know, I know this. Uh, I know this uh, uh, mental coach from uh, our ice hockey federation because he was mm-hmm. already. Uh, cooperating uh, four years ago when yukatika was here, and I knew that he and he's. Re- I was I was following him before, and and he's a really interesting person. Even uh, mm. you know, when he works with the with the athletes or with the coaches, mm. I'm, I'm enjoying to to watch him. So at, that might be actually next book for coaches and more probably for also for parents because it's easy, easy to read.
1: It's yeah. not
2: a, that big book, <laughs> you know, yeah. but usually co- because. I, I have to say that the, these coaches uh, are really busy like uh, mm-hmm. I, I cannot really give them homework and you know it's not very so mm-hmm. so but I'm I'm trying to and and they they are actually they are motivated to find so some sources and they are coming up sometimes with the with the sources what they have found and found interesting so we made a little library in the organizations and uh, and the organization and we we got some some really interesting books that was something what inspired me in the school, so so, mm. so that, that's, that's a way how, how I would like to I would like to uh, work in the long term and then also some coaches struggle maybe with the uh, language, so English barrier is there is an English barrier language barrier which but we we created the English course now mm. in the club in, for the coaches. So, first year they already joining, and because you know those all, all of those new researches and books are a, are in English, and I I see that that's uh it's a really really important for us for our coaching development.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I think it's yeah. that you start to have established English courses. Um, it's uh, something I think very unique, and I think I haven't heard it very often that uh, a club is demanding. Uh, that you have an English course uh, where English is not a native language or a second language. Mm. And I don't know from uh, Slovakian to English, how difficult it is to learn from Slovakian to English, for example, from German to English. It's super easy because the language is yeah. actually so, so similar. So, uh, it's really, really easy to learn it. So I don't know where the barriers are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what I break. because if you hear, um, talking, um, like Slovakian and Viromeki, for Mm. example, it uh, sounds uh, very, very far away, for example. So um, I can really imagine that this is a a big step. And um, Mm. it's really, really good that you, as a club, demand this and take this action because it offers so much more doors to actually overall knowledge for the club. Mm. And you can get Mm. so much more insights from uh, interesting people, interesting books, interesting videos. Uh, So it's really, really good step. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, more about the cooperation inside the club because something that mm. uh, I feel very often is that uh, you, you you are a club and you are part of it, but um, the communication is not done on a regular base enough. So are you actually meeting with the entire coaches on a regular base and discuss this is what we're going to have on the agenda, this is... Where we are now, this is what we want to establish, and these are the actions that we actually want to take
2: yeah um, as I said, the area where I work is quite wide yeah so my the like I would say the hundred percent focus where 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 I really try to be i would say more um, more precise or not precise. But it's, not, it's not probably the right right work, but that, but the area where I really focus is from under ten to under fifteen. That needs to be like the the training process in these levels and categories. That that's really like top top what I want to have. And with these coaches, we are having weekly meetings, or mm. at least like at the beginning of a month, we set the tone. And when we 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 set which direction we go but already in August we have done all the annual plans for each level so coaches now even when I'm joining the practice they like there are like main key points are there they know what to do progression we have last season we focus on also on the uh, effective effect uh, how, how, like the effective principles of the of the practice so mm. the principles i can see that they are they have it in the practice like the, the activity the progression it's there then what we practice it's there so but we were missing that plan and those plans after last season we have coaches are following so uh, that i can see that, that 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 was for that was first successful step that when i mm. watch any any practice i can see hey like it makes sense what are they doing it i can i can find the key point even without to look at the annual plan that was really important so that that's that's one thing that where i really focus still and we still got uh, the space for for uh, get better there of course but then we have we have under 18 under 20 which i have to say that this season i we talk also of course on daily basis with i in under 20 I, I got unor uh from vero meki so so uh that help that helps a lot because i he got really my trust in under 18. i got coaches that are really also they are motivated they want to work they maybe some things are doing in i would say in their way and mm. i want to want to connect them more maybe between the under 20 but I have to say that uh, from the beginning of this season, I I haven't haven't did that much work with them as as I was doing maybe last year, and then uh, with really really youth that under eight, under nine, under ten, uh, that that's uh, that's also spot where I try to focus this season more. But you know, but that that's that's easier. the, the, the biggest problem there is more the. The, the uh, culture in in Slovakia that, that parents got their point of view what the kids should do in this age, and I got the point of view, and mm. that usually is crashing, and he, yeah. sometimes sometimes
0: a huge crash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, so, I I so I think everyone listening can can understand that um, what you mean by that, and I think um, mm. I think that's that's actually going to be my next question when you think about your. Um, you're under 10 to under 15 age range where you're kind of really focusing, as you mentioned, um, what is the, what is the balance between parent coaches and like professional coaches in the way where they're not, you know, they're, they're not related to a kid on the team kind of thing. Um, is there more parent coaches or is there more kind of the professional coach? Mm. And do you have the same, do you have the same expectations for like reading the books, reading the resources, and things like that for both mm. the, the parents and the professionals? Mm.
2: Well, that's gonna be that's gonna be a surprise for you guys. But we we cannot really talk here about daddy coaches. Uh, yeah. Uh, in under eight, un, even under six, under eight, under nine, we got. Uh, daddy coaches who helps, but they really just mm. they just helps that on the ice yeah. that everything is ready. They collecting the bucks They so they they are more in this way, and that's one of our goal to create the day coaches program here. It's not in our mm. culture. If if you come if you come to practice of let's say under twelve, and parents see that there is some parent on the ice and try to coach somebody, they are like, oh, like what is this? You know, mm, this, yeah. is, this is not how it should be, and. But on the other hand, like we know that if we if we create a program for the coaches, where we're we going, going to develop them, and we're gonna give them the competencies, and why not? Like they can be just a really positive aspect of the practice, and that that might be perfect. But uh, we need to be really really careful how we're gonna implement that in the organization. So yeah. from the other thing is that uh, from under ten we have sports school, hockey hockey mm. classes. So we have. Thirty kids in hockey class, or that's that's a maximum what we can handle, and they got their practices are during the day, so let's yeah. say in the morning at seven they are on the ice till eight, then they got the off ice and then they go to school for let's say six seven hours, and they are done after. So even on that time, you don't have that many daddy coaches who could join because they are in the work. Now a couple of them there is, and we use them if we can, but. From that year, we are already a little bit careful with that. That who, who can really usually some older hockey former player or something like that. But but main main issue is is that that we have hockey classes and actually coaches in those hockey classes are also teachers in the school.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'll go ahead, Eric. It's fine.
0: Well, I was just going to say because. It is, um, it is a cultural thing, I think, because, like, here in Norway, it's it's very like it's very common to have like parent coaches and, um, and not just like going on the ice and helping push the pucks, but they expect mm. to be on the same you know decision making level, um, mm. and and everything like that. And and we have an intern from Czech this year, and and we were just talking the other day about how you know in in Czech it's not you don't have parents on the ice, you know, and that, and that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be happening. Um, and for the same reasons you said, like people would just look at it and be like, "What what's going on? Um, and I think, but I think like your, your idea of the program for the parent coaches, it sounds so uh, it sounds smart, right? Because there can be a really benefit to having parents on the ice that know what they're doing, know how to help, know how to be involved in positive ways. And, and make a positive impact on more than just their kid. Um, but so often I feel like the parent coaches go under the radar of being educated mm. or um, yep. having expectations held on them more than just, Hey, show up and, and help. Um, Cause most of the time they, they show up and help mostly their kid or the kids they're interested in. Um, and so like having a program that really emphasizes you're not, like you might be a parent on the team but you're really a coach on the team and and getting them involved in a positive way um it sounds really good Mm -hmm. on paper i'm I'm interested to see Mm -hmm. in a couple years how 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 it develops (laughs) for you guys and 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 see how it goes but um yeah
2: well sooner sooner or later we need to face this this, uh issue uh due to the financial problems Mm -hmm. We yeah. now we are trying. Of course, the huge help is that we in in this city we have a university with the coaching specialization for ice hockey. So mm. uh, even now we are we are uh, having some coaches out of out of the program, so they are coming. Mm. But still, uh, mm, that uh, that development program there in the school we need to connect more with them because they are coming and they are not on the same page with us so this is something also what i'm working on now that how to connect it more and already actually one coach what we have in the club he just finished the school and already is actually doing presentation for for uh third year students about the role for all concepts and and these things mm-hmm. so he's already implementing step by step so that's that's one thing also what we can use out of the coaches those students yeah. but it might yeah. be that those students might work in some other club as well so we we are not 100% sure with them always and the other mm. thing is that their practical part in the school is only 24 or 20 hours per semester so i can use to to use him for those 24 20 hours per semester that's that means that let's say one we one practice per week uh, hmm. For for three months, so yeah, well, that kind of, so you know, so we have we have yeah. this issue, uh, but on the other hand, somehow we we still make it also let's say the the micro cycle what we have in in especially in these groups from under ten to under fifteen there is we have four practices on the ice and the concept is that we have we have some skill practice we have four all concept we have smaller games and then we have kind of mix of those practices in one practice mm-hmm. and on for all concept where we teach and we need to give players feedback as much as we can there we we are strictly strictly very strictly with that that we want to have uh, one coach per six players mm. and okay. we and we are and and actually so far we we are making it so mm. that that's 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 huge that's huge for yeah. us that let's say we have we have 20 24 kids or so 25, we still can make it that we have six, 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 maybe seven or eight. But that's max. And on those mm-hmm. practices, it always needs to be. And it and we there we have, there I can use also those students. So Sooner or later, the the, the Daddy coaches program we need to we need to create, and I think it's really important on, on those parent parents meetings what we have because uh, at the beginning of a season, I'm on every parent meeting with every category. Mm, yeah, really every so so, and I'm presenting there our vision, our strategy. Uh, where do we want to go as a club? Why do we have that many teams, etc., etc., etc. And on those meetings actually would be good to give offer that who wants to help. Yeah, And, and that would become more like, okay, I could help, I could help. Okay, everybody gets the same chance. And if somebody got something against, then now it's time to talk if you, if you are against. But if you want to help, then come and help. And then, we, then it's gonna be our part to how we're gonna educate those daddy coaches. And what are their competencies? And as soon as you go over your competence, then first warning, second warning, third warning, you are not here anymore. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a fairy tale, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, that's 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 kind of our like a like a short picture, small picture that how we what what I how I see that how we could do it. But I, I'm still I'm still afraid of it. I'm still afraid of it. That mm-hmm. you know, it's very negative impact from from people when they see that. That oh, like there is a coach, and he cannot even stand on the skates yeah, but he can have, he can maybe get some funny words for the kids and they they like it you know, <laughs>
0: mm.
2: but what he's gonna teach them well, yeah. maybe just enjoy the sport mm. ah, that's not enough <laughs> you know so so um yeah, but I remember actually that's a nice memory when i uh, it, it was even before uh, before I went to school, I was on a i was on kind of internship uh with one with one organization in finland for uh for a couple weeks and i came on the ice it was i think it was under 13 or something like that Uh, and there were there were five coaches on the ice and i was like and really like one one was guy who could skate the four was that they were just standing and like <laughs> moving like really really like like stepping almost on the ice i was like yeah, yeah. wait i was like then i was wait 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 so who is who is the running the show here and then they say hey that, that's a head coach the head coach was like a bit better skater i was like okay so then what what kind of level is that ah this is double a this double A. So okay and I was just I was just watching the practice, and I was like, okay, like if this we would do in Slovakia, guys, like,
0: <laughs> you wouldn't run. This but then you, at, but sure. then you
2: look at that's <laughs> for sure. Then you
0: look at Finland, and you see that they're you know they're number one in the world. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy yeah. That, you know, like exactly, the approach exactly. is different.
2: Exactly. Yeah. But you yeah. know that's, that's when we when we were talking in the school many times about cultural differences. Like you can talk a lot about that, but you need to really face it. And then you can, then you can first start to talk that what is the cultural difference. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so, so many things that you really, but then I think you need to get back to, to your vision and to your values and just give time to it. Mm-hmm. Only question is mm-hmm. how much time you're going to get from the owners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and we, have, we have good owners here so we are lucky yeah,
1: yeah i also think that goes okay. into like uh, into what you were saying that because you also think about there always exist the saying that uh, home wasn't built in one day you know you mm-hmm. have the you have the vision you have everything on paper and it takes it doesn't take so much time to actually break something down and i think it's also good that you made the comment then um, to really get to know the culture, you need to be there in person. And then you can actually break it down pretty quickly. Maybe you need some time, like two to three months. But then it takes, like, as I said, Rome wasn't built in one day. It takes years of yeah. actually implementing it. And then also then it takes years of first you start the process. Then it takes years of investing in the process. Then it takes long time to establish exactly. the process. And then once it's established, but... What do you actually do then to keep it on a high level? Um, so that's, uh, I think uh, it's uh, it's always been an ongoing process. So you're, it's uh, mm-hmm. like you always say, you're, even though Rome was built in one day, but they kept still investing. Mm-hmm. In that's so mm-hmm. that uh, Rome is still standing out, for example, uh, mm-hmm. to other cities. And um, you were t- also talking a bit about vision. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about that uh, for your club. Is it uh, what kind of pathways do you want to provide uh, for your players? Because uh, in Finland, as we all know, it's very common that you have as a club, uh, you have the umbrella system and then you have like, for example, more competitive pathway that really leads to, for example, U20SM, which is pro hockey, and then you have a recreational pathway where hockey is played for uh, Joy, for example. Uh, what's mm. the vision for uh, your club in that sense?
2: That's a that's a good question. Uh, first, I would say that uh, first we started to actually in uh, last season. I think it was around the half of the season. We get to the point that what is like main main vision because we have our values. We 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 mm. know what. We want to create. We want to develop human athletes and hockey players. But what is then really, really like vision? Especially maybe in questions that when you get to that, are we going to move this guy up to the better to to to, to uh, older group, or don't, or no, or like is he is he good enough? Is he is he? And and we get to the point that probably main our main focus should be that individual development. So what is best for that player right now? We really always try to look that individually if we're going to move players or if you look at the processes or whatever, main should be individual development. So that was kind of first, I would say, the first step and actually we were talking a lot about it, about those ideas, but then we get into into this point. It it seems like common and basic, but we actually, it, it gave answer to us for many, many things. And then if you if you are asking about uh, if we are, if we're going more of the professional way, yes, I would say that's our main focus. But of course we have in uh, every level, we have let's say 28, 26, 30 players. Yeah, and we want to play on two lines so we have two teams always like double a and a hmm. uh, and they're playing also kind of different leagues so of course we we building also that direction that you can just play hockey till you're 15 maybe and we will see what what's gonna happen but but you, you we are giving you the opportunity many not many but it was like maybe around 10 15 years ago there was in when you were moving to sport class they were there let's say if you had 40 kids and you could have only 30 in the class then you pick out 10. just see you that's it you 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 cannot play hockey because you are not good enough there were there are some testing psychological psychological testing and stuff and that's it last year we have created the project because our colors of the club are red, white, and blue. And usually those teams are the red team and white team, usually we have. And then we came with the idea that what if we would build in 10 uh, in under 10 uh, blue team, which was created for the kids who didn't make it to, to hockey school. So they're gonna go continue study on some regular school, but they can still play hockey. So we created two ice sessions per week and one off ice. We And they can follow hockey there still. So that's kind of that recreational part of, of that uh, uh, pathway. And so far, actually, first we had like 13 kids there. Then was seven kids there. Now it's 14 kids. And I think it's going to go more and more. And on those practices, it's not that only under 10 kids be, can be there there is under 10, under 11, under 12. Uh, yesterday, one player came that he cannot make it on a Thursday practice because he's from a different school. Yeah, well, there is a blue team, they practice. Like, there is skill development, there are smaller games. So, and, and it's usually for those players, you know, you, you know that, guys, that sometimes you've got players, but you've got players that are really motivated, intrinsic motivators is so high mm-hmm. that you can, you can work with them on totally different level. Yeah. And in yeah. the same group, you have guys, you, you have players that they're just, you know, I'm just here, I, I want to be in this environment, mm. I want to have fun, you know, I don't want to do all five. Yeah. And yeah. don't do it, And you can go to blue team, that's for yeah. you.
1: Yeah. So,
2: yeah. you know, of course, uh, in Finland, you have, you, you have so many rings that you can make those teams and you can have A there, you can have double AA, we have here yeah. two rings and we don't have that much ice uh, time that we could we could manage it like this so, can you hear me yeah yeah you're back yeah so we need to Maybe. we need to you know we struggle with this that that we need to separate double uh, a and one a players in one eyes mm. and that's how we that's, let's say, that's that's how we let's say four role concept we we make that that you have triple a group six players Double A group six players, and one A and one A. Mm. So that was my yeah. idea when we started to we... creating the microcycle plan, and and that was that was my idea that let's and and you work with those six players whole practice. They don't move. They don't mm. move from station to station. I got six players. I go roll number one, and we do progression on that one part.
1: It's also very interesting way of running practices if you just. If you, for example, you can still do the same stations, but you don't move the stations and uh, you keep the, for example, now I've also started in, in my team this season, I've started to divide it, the teams a little bit, according uh, motivation and current playing skills. And the um, and, uh, direction has been semi. Some, some people like it, some people maybe don't like it mm. so much, but at the end, you also need to think what is the best for the development of the players. And something, uh, one saying that uh, I, I really, really like from the Federation here in Norway is that, for example, that they they like to have players uh, like with A mindset, but then maybe it's a B talent, but it's much better to work with a player who has A, a mindset and there's a B talent than, for example, with A, a talent, but with a B mindset uh, because you get so much, much, much more uh, out of this, and this purely comes from the federation. Um, but I think that's uh, that's a really, really good way at looking at development as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, They're like that's great. I, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, but do do you do you try to like you have the categories in the in the practice like that that this is like this is the mindset and this is hard work. Yeah, I, well,
1: I, I try to of course when I when I divide the players, I try do to. What I I try to develop a bit uh, because motivation is really important to me. Mm-hmm. I try mm-hmm. to look a bit at motivation, mindsets, uh, playing abilities, uh, just that you, and then sometimes mix it up a little bit still because mm. uh, you still want to keep the group. Uh, you still want to keep the group long term wise. So, um, mm. but uh, now this this has been the first week we have been trying it out, and uh, I will definitely keep doing it because uh, it, it's a lot of value. Because you also need to think about the what is the actual meaning of competition, and there has been I've been listening to one really good episode about this one other podcast is that what actually means competition and also leads to that we create practice environments where you actually separate the groups that you have uh, that you have competitive and tight games because mm-hmm. competition it doesn't mean if you win eight zero that's not competition for example competition is you win three two. You lose three two, uh, you win maybe four two. So that that's what competition, and then you create much more competitive uh, environments. And this, hopefully, if it's done long term wise, leads to much more competitive team overall. So, um, mm.
2: yeah, but um, that, that, that's for sure. Uh, I must say that this is what I see as a as a biggest biggest problem right now. Not only like in our organization but overall in uh, slovak ice hockey is that uh we have made some changes in, uh, in uh, game models uh now this first year and for us for our organization that's exactly what you said now we are not playing enough competitive games mm. enough, of, enough competitive yeah. games uh so far so far, in uh, like those those double eighteen or those those better teams, what we have, I don't know if we have lost any game. And usually we win the games like that's a huge. Like let's say the under fourteen won twenty-two-two. <laughs> so and this this was probably their fourteen game, and they had one game where it was three-three, but we overshoot them like sixty to twenty. <laughs> You know, yeah. so that I took was, a that
0: was the... I took a team. Yeah, <laughs> I took a team to Stavanger a few weeks ago, and we won eighteen to two, which is brutal. Like we traveled seven hours and and this won crazy. eighteen to two. Like it, crazy. It, was, it was just so and, unnecessary. And
2: this is this is happening also here. But the main thing is that yeah. we we play first, we play region, mm-hmm. and actually even now we're gonna continue, but it's gonna divide that, that let's say like those better teams gonna just be. Like four top teams they're gonna go just play against each other, but first teams are saying that we don't have money to travel to like three hours somewhere, or you know mm. that's why they made a, make a region, but then if we play in the yeah. region, we have no opponent, yeah. or only one, and yeah. you need to have that kind of game every week because mm. you can practice you can do that challenging environment the practice, but the game is game like that's something yeah, that you cannot do true. I, so, so we, yeah yeah so what what we we talk a lot about it and now uh, for under under 13 and under 14 uh we decided to put uh just friendly games with the with the opponents what we what we feel that it, it might be might be more challenging or even it could be a tight game now it's actually next week next week and we're gonna play first first game like that that they come with two teams only top players and we're gonna we're gonna play that that's and usually we look around like one and a half two and a half hours row. so we're gonna go back there also that because they like the idea and they also they see the problem that players have not enough challenges and you know and 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 that's the it should come already in my opinion this challenge mode should come already in under 10 under nine maybe already you know you need to you cannot mm. score three goals every shift and be like oh, I got 27 goals for, per game <laughs> you know that's that's yeah that's that's, that's a lot good so <laughs> yeah and then we are playing with the ah. rosters that okay mm-hmm. let's let's make a little bit the uh, worst team that they they lose then they know how it's to lose but that's not good, good. you know like why you should not yeah. mix it like that it's not you know so this is some this is this is now like number one problem what we are facing that yes the practice, the process of practicing, I I I can say that I'm 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 satisfied, of, never satisfied with that, but but it's it's a, it's really on a good way. But if you don't, if we're not gonna have that many competitive games and competitive environment in the games, then it's not not good.
0: So yeah, no, I I agree, and I, I we're running a little bit short on time today, but you know I think yeah. we'll have to have you back on. Um, and, and talk some more about this because what you're doing in, in that club sounds really interesting, but we just have a couple more questions for you, but yeah. And, and the first one is during our second year of studies, you, you welcomed the um, another child into your family. Um, and I always like to ask mm-hmm. like um, becoming a parent and, and being a parent, how does that impact your working with kids and, and, and being in youth sports and um, and things like that has that changed anything for you? Has that opened your eyes to anything, and um, kind of made you act differently in your in your job?
2: Hmm. Well, that's 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 a good question. And um, well, in my opinion, for sure, for sure, impact somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> however, however, I would say that. If you are a coach from the beginning of your coaching, you can call it career, and you care about players, any level, then I don't think that it will anything, because like I consider kids what I'm with on the ice with them, I consider them like they are our sons or kids also, you know, and I, I and I don't want to be like that it's. I don't. I. I don't. I don't feel on myself any any change. Of course, sometimes when I got enough of my own kids and I come with the kids again on the ice, I'm, I'm sometimes a be bit tired, or or and I'm maybe become more more uh, funnier than focus on development. <laughs> maybe that would be a that would be actually maybe good description. Sometimes <laughs> when I feel that it's enough, it's enough. Then I go on the ice and even we have role practice. I try to be make it funny even for myself you know yeah. so yeah. enjoy that time that is not only uh, we have to do that and that and guys mm. and focus on the feedback and what kind of feedback and stuff and but just really go but still one of my like the co- uh, value and principles of, of my coaching is that I, I, I care I still feel in myself when when I when I see something that player is doing wrong or wrong not the way it could help him to develop, then I still got that inside feeling that hey, you need to go and tell him. It's not that ah he's gonna figure it out. Mm. I got that I got that feeling that still, hey, like help him, like he needs to listen that he needs to hear that. You know, yeah. you're gonna help him a lot if you tell him just one one thing, what you see now. So as soon as you have this feeling in, in inside, I think it doesn't matter if you have kids or not. You're mm. gonna be still. That it's 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 not just co- it's not just profession, and that I I that's why I started to call, because you feel that you want to care of some players. Of course, there are players that they don't care. Then mm. I'm also like, okay, how much I'm gonna care about you? But when I see that they care, I still got I still got bad feeling when I miss something that I I could tell him that and I didn't, Then mm. I still got, hey, hey, hey. I, I could not be helping. So. Mm. So, I I wouldn't say that it really affected me. I think it more affected my kids because when I'm coming back home from the work, then (laughs) I'm I'm, uh, I'm just a zombie and they're playing with the zombie. So, I (laughs) think it affected them more. Yeah. But, yeah. And maybe maybe uh, which what, what I have to... I must say that what motivates me that I can see on my kids how kids are... Uh, they want to be challenged all the mm. time. They want to be challenged it's It's not enough if if you play one game uh on Monday and, and you play it and they they succeed in that game, then it's Tuesday, and that's boring like that, mm. hey papa like that that's boring, like we have mm. done yesterday, but I, you can see that they succeed, and like that's it. I, you need to rise the level rise the level rise the level yeah. and that's same in the practice. If you're gonna go same, you know so so that's that's one thing What always and especially on off ice practices what we are doing with the kids that that uh, you need to develop strength, power, everything, but how to do it like challenging and that's something what we what we also also talk in here about that how to be challenging.
1: Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has been a very, very uh fantastic conversation around a lot of different topics and it was really good to catch up and uh, to see how things are going in Barani for you and Banska Bistreza. Um so but uh, as Derek said it would be really really good if we can get you on the third time to keep going on, on this conversation but uh, for sure I don't know if we when you were on the podcast for the first time if we have that question already established We always uh, asked not uh, in episode seven the no yeah. way we always ask how so then we didn't so we always at the end of each episode we ask our guest one final question and uh, it's the same for you obviously and the question is uh, do you have any final message uh, do you have any final message to our listeners mm-hmm. regarding the topic uh, um, regarding, talking, <laughs> regarding the topic uh, well anything. you
2: already you already said it with the room, but in in, in... In my time now in the club, I feel that we need to still remind the, the centers that uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And it's mm. coaching especially. It's not a sprint, it's mar- It's so nice that yeah. it's, just, it's just like that. So I would keep that uh, and I need to remind it myself all the time because that's, that's the only way how you can really build something up. So yeah. it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> my message yeah yeah it's
0: always good to remember that i think so yeah. um yeah all right always. well yeah yeah all right well brandy thank you very much um all the best for the rest of the season and, and moving forward with the club and um we're looking forward to more consistent updates with you um and and things like that because it's it's um it's good stuff you're doing there so all the best
2: yeah okay i'm also interesting about about the hour Experiences in Norway, so definitely it will be good to next time. That next oh, time. Yeah, yeah, oh yes, next time. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Guys, bye bye. Thank you very much. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Bye bye.
1: So one more time, big thanks to Branislav Bendik for taking time and joining the second time on the Coaches Road podcast and. I personally liked a lot about the episode how uh, Brani was talking about. He was already coaching for four years uh, in Banska Bistritza. And then he started his and then he came to Viromeki to study. And afterwards he continued at the same place. So I think that has a really, really cool dynamic. And I also like how he was talking about that uh, overall he has Really, really motivated coaches. And uh, for him, it's now a lot about uh, fine tuning. And I think also that uh, this talks about that very often that uh, when we come from somewhere, we have the feeling that we need to change everything at the same time. But uh, first of all, this is impossible because, as we said during the episode, that uh, Rome was not built in one day. And as Brani was saying at the end of the episode as well, that it's a sprint uh, and not the marathon. Everything takes time. and uh, But I think that uh, it is a really, really good foundation if the people you are working have, with uh, have motivation. Uh, and that's, uh, I think, the number one foundation for building something uh, like Rome, for example.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. And I think that that was what was so interesting about his the conversation with him today because you know studying with him and and knowing him for a couple of years before he went on to to go back to this club and take on this role you know you could see that he was the kind of guy that um he wants to do it the right way he wants to have people around him that are doing it the right way but I think that it was the things that he's implemented it in the club already in the last year and a half it's <clears throat> it shows that you know he's willing to make it go the right way by doing the right things and really building it up from kind of a strong foundation and, you know, like doing the the book readings with the, the coaches and the mindset book. Like that's how we start our studies, get everybody on the same page with how we can have a growth mindset and towards ourselves, towards others and, and everything like that. Just starting with the foundations of, you know, what does it mean to be a coach? Because if you're a coach with a fixed mindset, it, it kind of, um, it's, kind of counterintuitive right it just doesn't really make sense but you know i, I wanted to ask Rick, like what what from today's episode are are you really taking away with you and, and what are you what are you looking to implement in in your own practice
1: i think uh, something that mm, i liked a lot was uh, how on hands, brenny is on everything um, i wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's so much technically just into my practices but just in general about the organization how on, how on hands he is with everything because uh, he is on every parent meeting he is uh, almost an, on every ice uh, with, from U10 until U15 and he's uh, really investing a lot of time into actually making good progress uh, within the club so that's something I, I really enjoyed and I think that's something uh, yeah, just oh, I I have the natural belief that this is something very, very important to do but I just uh, found it very refreshing to hear that uh, he is so on hands with everything. He's on every parent meeting. He gives a clear guideline um, then also, with, as you said, as well with giving the coaches books and I think also you can um, on top of this, you can maybe also just uh, even involve the parents in this a little bit and uh, give them also just some basic articles. Maybe they don't need to read an entire book and also something that I think that is very, very important, uh, as he has been mentioning as well, that the material you give the people you are working with, especially your coaches needs to be uh, as easy as possible to read and to understand. uh, And because it will facilitate the implementation of actually doing it. So I think that was very, very important.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's massive as well. And, and just starting like he, he has that English course now for the coaches and, and making sure oh, yeah. that they yes. are more comfortable accessing that kind of information because, you know, like for example, Adam Tular's book, it's also in Slovakian, but um, you know, that's just very simple to read and use. And, um, and those ideas can be transferred kind of right away. Um, but once you discuss them and figure out how they, how they fit into your, your culture, your club and and for your players. And um. Yeah, that's something i'm taking away as well and, and realize that as he was talking you know I was, I was starting to think about where can i invest more time to be more effective with with what i'm trying to do with my teams with my um with my other coaches with the club and everything like that and and where am i kind of investing time that i can say like okay hey you know maybe not spend so much time here but spend so much more time here and, and how can i have more of an impact with my time and and i think there's some things that are like just in my mind already just gonna change a little bit and and see like can i can i have a bigger impact on the like the athlete outcomes overall because that's the the main concern in sports right um and yeah it's it's impressive how much time he invests in his, and in his work and, and making sure that, you know, everybody's moving in the same direction, pulling the same rope, and the, or pulling the rope in the same direction. Now I'm kind of like saying the same analogies over and over again, but um, yeah. And then, you know, he we've talked about it already, but just the fact that his mindset is set on the long-term and, and making sure that um, everybody sees that it's a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint. We're not trying to become a perfect club in five days or we're not trying to create, you know, the best 10 year old players or anything like that. You know, he knows it takes time and he's spreading that message back to his coaches, back to the members um, and everything like that. I think it's just a really important thing to keep in mind um, because it's like just from my own experience recently, it's often forgotten um, that, it it is a
1: marathon not a sprint. Yeah, and I also think that um you can see that from our perspective that he's investing so much time in it or actually the entire club is investing a lot and he was also mentioning Huna who was on our show as well who's working there as well so there are two people with a with a similar approach uh, and two wants to do things like marathon oriented and not sprint oriented and something i really liked uh, i didn't say that during the episode or so, when he joined the recording is that we could see it, that um, he was sitting on the desk and behind this was, there was this huge whiteboard with a lot of notes, like crazy amount of notes. Uh, I already thought that you and Ya have a lot of notes, but when I was seeing this, I was like, oh my God, that's. that's I think he had three, he had like three whiteboards behind him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So obviously uh, everyone who's listening to this uh, cannot see it, but we were able to see it and it was a lot of notes, a lot. And uh, that just shows that how many thoughts they have. We don't know what's standing on there, but uh, it just shows that how many thoughts they have written down just on a whiteboard. Uh, probably it was written in Slovakian, so it was anyway impossible for us to read. <laughs> um, so, But are yeah, speaking also about Slovakian, uh, as you have been mentioning as well, I think it's uh, something that's extremely valuable. I think it's really good that he actually puts a demand on his coaches that they need to learn English. I know you have been mentioning it shortly, but uh, it opens just so many more doors uh, long-term-wise as well. Uh, As I said during the episode, from German to English, it's really, really easy. But as he said as well, that from Slovakian to English, it's a totally different world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's such a... I mean, it is kind of the... Um, I, I don't want to get into a whole debate about uh, languages and everything like no. that but you know nowadays English is so important for for educational materials for um, for coaching materials like it is just kind of the you know how I, it's just kind of the international language now and then all of the resources are available in English so you know being able to just have everybody be able to access articles from, you know, like, let's just think about our show, right? Like being able to to communicate with so many people and access so many resources from we've had people on from Asia, we've had people on from um, South America, from North America, from all over Europe, um, and and I think that that's such a great resource for us coaches, and um, it, it's just so – it, it helps him a lot as well, you know, because it, it makes sure that he doesn't have to take everything in in English and then spread it to his coaches. They can go get it themselves. They can go get the information. They can bring new ideas to the club. They can, you know, find out more about Branny's ideas. And, and it just, it's, it's a really cool idea. Um, yes. and, and I think it, if, if the, the coaches are are clearly bought into that idea and, and they want that, they want the resources, they're motivated, then, you know, it, it works for everybody. And, it, and it's so great. And um, it, it sounds so, um it sounds so nice, what they're doing there. And it sounds like they've got a good future in front of them. And I was recently told, um you know, I, I have to look at the, um the evidence for this, I don't have it off the top of my head. But I was recently told that, you know, it takes 18 months to to really make an impact in an organization or a group or um, a team or something like that. And, mm. um, you know, he's closing in on that 18 month mark. And it sounds like that impact that he's starting to make and, and really starting to change that culture. And it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, where they go in the future and, and we'll catch up yeah. with him again for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, also if you follow like other coaches in general, you very often you can see that uh, first season is not uh, it's not a dream season, but then the longer they stay uh, with the same players, with the same people um, and they are investing uh, and they're implementing their beliefs, then very often the second, third, fourth season is uh, much, much, much better. Yeah, and I really liked how
0: he was talking about there, like, and that, and it's so important when you, when you really go into a place that you have clear values and you have people that back up those values. And that's what he was saying that, you know, we, they're strong to their values. All the decisions come back to their values. Like they when they, when they're faced with a dilemma, with a difficult decision, they look at their values and say, does it fit into our values? If we do it like this? No. Okay. Then we can't do it like that. We have to do it like this. And, and that is, um, that is something that I think every organization can learn from. Um, so I think that's a, a great example of, of just sticking to your guns and 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 knowing you know you're doing what's right based on your values and based on your beliefs. So uh, I think that's really important to keep in mind. And also, but I don't want to have right.
1: any guns at home.
0: There. No, 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 no. But just uh, <laughs> that's an American saying for sure. Yes, okay. um, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, i think we'll end with that but um all right so it was a it was a great conversation with brandy today and um we we appreciate everyone's patience getting the episode back um on track here for every two weeks and i missed doing the podcast it was fun to to get back on it with brandy and um and excited for the episodes we have coming up with our with our next few guests so um yeah Thank you everybody for listening and for supporting the show. And and Brainy, happy birthday. It's his birthday the day before this comes out for everybody. So happy birthday to him and all the best um, with with your work in Bonska Beatrika. Um beat pizza is how I used to say it. So um, but yeah, anyway, thank you everybody.